Collecting our lessons learned and sharing them with others is a tribal behavior that predates formal education. Now let's talk about how to apply this in our team practices. That's all this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. What we do with learning has a direct impact on our success. So how can we make the most of our experiments? Well, first, let's remember why we're here. To create an elite tribe of leaders who truly serve their clients and communities by doing what matters and what works, relentlessly chasing value and excellence like a badass. There are so many resources about what you need to do to be agile, but we're focused on who you need to become in order to lead teams. So let's hammer down those fundamentals to create a unique and powerful force in this industry. Now remember, if this helps you, tell your friends. Don't forget to check out my daily Agile inspirations for leaders by subscribing to the email list. You get a preview of next week's posts and a free video to help you align your week with strength and focus delivered right to your inbox. You can also submit your coaching or leadership questions. Do it all at badassagile.com. So go sign up and post your questions today. So listen, in an experimental culture, you're always accumulating learning. I always say that we crave certainty, and there's a couple of different ways to get to certainty. One is through long study, and the other way is to simply get out there, do things, and find out what works. But if you're going to do things experimentally, you have to be committed to a practice of collecting the learning. Otherwise, the whole thing doesn't work. And collecting the learnings involves knowing what you intend to measure measuring it, but also reflecting back on what you've learned, what the measurements actually were, and then sharing those outcomes with other people in your tribe. See, long before the internet, and even long before formal education, in fact, long before books and long before any means of written or verbal communication, we had a tradition of sharing wisdom among the tribe as part of rearing our children and being part of a community. But in modern work with our cubicles that are built just above head height, we've kind of lost that tradition. So now we learn very differently. But what I'm observing is that learning the way we do it today doesn't add up to a meaningful body of knowledge that eventually becomes what I call wisdom. And to me, wisdom is knowledge that guides action towards a successful outcome. So while it's wonderful that we have so many ways and means of getting educated, of collecting new information, if we don't harvest it and harness it properly, it doesn't really amount to much. So here we want to use the things that we learn in our experiments to our tactical and competitive advantage. So one giant favor you can do for your teams and for your clients is to have a proper practice around lessons learned. We need to be perpetually collecting, refining, and sharing the outcomes of our experiments. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to do it the way you did it in high school in chemistry class, where you would you know, document your thesis, then all the steps that you took to get there, and then the precise outcomes of everything you can observe after the fact. But we could get a huge jump start on harnessing the power of our lessons learned for our tribe 
by doing the following. First things first, document your learning often. Now, there's two ways you can do this. You can do this in your retrospectives or you can do it in reflections. A retrospective is something that you do usually at the end of the sprint. I often recommend that we do it at the end of every working session of every single day. This is where you sit with the team and gather inputs. Now, structuring the plus minus went well, didn't go well conversation just a little bit, a tiny tweak can help you get to something more meaningful. Here's what I mean. I think by this point, we all understand the power of what didn't go well. That is to say, the negatives, the deltas, or the do-betters. We're used to documenting those things because they're laser-focused on what to avoid or what we need to fix. But remember, not every lesson learned, especially in an experiment, is limited to the things that went wrong. So here's what you can try. You can either replace the what went well question with or augment it with the following question. What did we learn? See, the limitation around the question of what went well is that people tend to describe successful outcomes, which is great, but there's an opportunity in that successful outcome to observe or at least comment on what we think caused the success. You see, because that's how we're going to teach each other and that's how we're going to learn. So taking the extra step of asking the question, what did we learn, forces us to say, well, we were successful when we did the following. Now, left alone, the what went well question sometimes gathers answers like, well, I love the snacks, or we're getting better communication with management. Those are all great things and worth observing, but what's more valuable is to say we're having better communication with the executives because we made that new newsletter. Now, when we try to make videos or when we try to post it on Snapchat, didn't do anything. The newsletter, for some reason, seemed to really kill it. So now we know something. That we didn't know before. We learned that in our culture, when we use newsletters for communication, it's highly effective at reaching the attention of upper management. Great. Document that so we can use it later. Now that's retrospectives. A reflection is different. A reflection is personal, can be done individually or at the team level. And when it's done right after a big milestone event, like let's say a demo, it's kind of indistinguishable from a retrospective. But when you do it at the end of the day, it's very different. So the sun goes down and it's you with your journal or we're finishing up at a day of work. We're just taking a moment to reflect, what did I learn? It gives you the opportunity to think about learning beyond the team room and beyond the scope of the project or product you're working on. See, sometimes the cool things that we learn don't just happen with our agile teammates to the left and to the right of us. Sometimes you head down for a coffee and you run into an old-timer who's got some wisdom to share with you. Or you try a social experiment of some kind. Or something just happens in the course of a day that has tremendous meaning and applicability to your Agile project, even though it didn't happen in the context of it. So in the process of writing down your reflections for the day, you're contemplating not only what happened in the team room at work, quote-unquote, but also outside the office. So whether you retrospect or whether you reflect, where should you put all this stuff? We can document it anywhere. I use note-taking systems that are cloud-based so that I can share them. Sometimes you have to be careful with IP or confidential information, in which case you probably have a system internally that lets you store documents or lets you store snippets of knowledge or some kind of note collection system. Whatever you have that's digital works great. 
Now, can you do this on paper? Yes, you can. You can put them up on stickies and photograph it. But the problem is, what do you do with it after that? See, photographing is great for capture so that you can move on to another session or take away a bunch of outcomes and document them formally later. But they're not good for archival because they're not searchable. It's hard to take that content that you've scribed onto a note and then go and process it or do anything meaningful with it. So while I love to recommend low-fidelity tools, I think this is one area of your life where you might want to do a little bit of research into some digital tool so that you can, number one, share it. Number two, tag it or organize it using metadata or some other tagging system that lets you index and search the content to make it much easier to groom, clean, and access later, which is another big part of what I'm recommending here. You have got to groom this information. Now that you've taken care to store it all, you've got to go back once in a while, look at all of it, read it, really process its meaning so that you can eliminate duplicates, combine and concatenate, shorten, simplify, and make it more digestible for the future reader. See guys, once you've learned the basics of Scrum and Agile practice, we should always be learning and growing. So if it sounds like I'm adding more process to your daily work, I'm not. I'm suggesting that we should make a habit of writing down our thoughts as they pop up, but also grooming those thoughts regularly. This is great for creativity. It's great for lots of things. But one of the problems that we have with a lot of these information tools that probably already exist is that we don't use them in a meaningful, precise way. So what I'm telling you here is actually going to save you time because you're no longer writing all of these essays and captures about conversations that you do or do not collect consistently and in a consistent way. And because they're not consistent and because they're not categorized properly, nobody uses them. So keep the information capture simple. For example, the best way to document lessons learned is to fill in the following template. When I do this, blank, the outcome is blank. Or alternately, you can say, when I want blank, the following tends to work blank. So in the previous example, you may have noticed today that when I want to capture executive attention, comma, the following tends to work, colon, use a newsletter, and point number two, publish it weekly. Simple, a very small snippet of information that you can tuck away, review later. Now, if somebody else has registered a point in the past or the future that says, weekly communications tend to work best, then maybe you can jam those two nuggets together into one piece of tribal wisdom. But this learning knowledge base is something that you or someone on the team or someone on another team has to commit to grooming and cleaning and maintaining because it is our collective knowledge of all of the things that we've learned and learn how to do better through the process of experimentation. And of course, the last step is that you got to go back once in a while and remember those learnings like any other kind of learning. If you don't revisit it frequently, you tend to lose it. Memorization and repetition is how you're going to get good at things. It's how you're going to take new knowledge, integrate it, and advance your craft with it. So I highly recommend that you go back once in a while, read through these things, and commit to sharing them with the team. And you can do that by simply telling a story at the beginning of a stand-up, or you can send out one nugget of wisdom every Monday or every Monday, Wednesday, Friday with a morning email. You can turn them into screensavers for people. Use your imagination. The point is, spending time harvesting that information and then disseminating it 
is going to pay back huge. And the side benefit is, if you have a culture that's not open to risk and experimentation and failure, this is a great way to get them comfortable with it because of the acceleration of the learning curve. We learn so much more about technology, our product, our customers, and how we work and how to supercharge performance by doing, failing, observing, documenting, and sharing. So try this technique out. Add it to your arsenal. Folks, thank you so much for listening. You can reach out at badassagile.com or find me on Twitter at badass underscore agile. And I'll see you next time. 